I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This morning, Australian cricketers arrive back in the country after escaping the pandemic tsunami in India. The vaccine rollout expands with more people eligible for the Pfizer jab in Victoria and New South Wales. The Prime Minister insists he'll keep our international borders closed if it means protecting Australians. The United Nations Security Council meets seeking to end the violence in the Middle East. This is 7 News with Angela Cox. Good morning. More than 30 Australian cricketers and support staff have touched down on home soil after being stranded in India. They were there for the Indian Premier League, which was cancelled as Australia's travel ban came into effect. Samantha Brett is in our Sydney newsroom this morning. Sam, they now have to go into quarantine. They do, and good morning. The plane touched down at 7.30 this morning, carrying 38 players and officials. They were wearing masks, but the relief on their faces was certainly palpable as they finally walked out of the doors at Sydney Airport. There was a heavy police presence there as they made their way from the tarmac through security and then out into the awaiting buses. We saw the likes of Steve Smith, Pat Cummins and Ricky Ponting get onto those buses. They then made their way to various quarantine hotels around the city. Now, of course, they had been stuck in India after the Indian Premier League was suspended in early May. They were able to get to the Maldives where they've spent the past two weeks, but it was only in the past day that they got the green light to get onto a chartered flight and finally make their way home. There has been plenty of criticism as to why they were allowed home before other people desperate to get back from India. Our request was made to go over and above our cap and if we uh, get those requests um, through federal government authorities or other authorities, our health and police teams make independent assessments of those. Um, we don't give a blanket yes to anybody but from time to time if there are requests made over and above the cap, for example whether it's seasonal workers or other categories of, uh, of people that we've looked at, um, we've received those requests and we've dealt with them um, through independent assessment from health and police. In some good news for New South Wales, restrictions eased at midnight. Masks are no longer mandatory and this was after we saw 10 days of no new cases in the community. Premier Gladys Berejiklian has this morning now announced that residents aged between 40 and 49 years old can now get the Pfizer jab. They've been invited to book an appointment and there will be additional clinics brought uh, into line to administer those Pfizer jabs. Ange. OK, thanks so much, Sam. Thousands more Victorians are eligible for COVID vaccines from today. That state's Pfizer rollout has now been expanded to include frontline workers and disability carers under 50. Tegan Doling has more. 
We are at the Sunshine Hospital Vaccination Hub where we're seeing the Pfizer vaccine being administered to people under 50 as part of the expansion to the rollout. As of today, people who work in the disability sector or who are emergency or defence workers are able to get the jab, as are anyone who has an underlying health condition. And there's also meat and seafood processing workers also lining up at the front desk. As SES volunteers, our job is to keep our community safe. Um, and we can't do that job if we ourselves aren't healthy and safe. So this is about doing our job to keep our community safe and uh, you know, make sure that we can continue to do what we do. 400,000 more Victorians are expected to benefit from this expansion, which includes GPs being able to give AstraZeneca to people over 50. It has only been people over 70 years of age. Today, a max vaccination hub has also opened at Flemington, which is accepting walk-ins. It says no new COVID cases were recorded apart from one in hotel quarantine. And as of next Monday, the next group of people who'll be able to roll up their sleeve are public transport workers. The Prime Minister says he's putting Australian safety above unlocking the country's borders. Scott Morrison has defended his strategy amid growing calls to trace a path to reopening. Political reporter Olivia Leeming has more. Pressures mounting on the Prime Minister to set out a roadmap for Australia's international borders to reopen next year. Business groups joining the New South Wales Treasurer and medical experts demanding clarity on how many Australians must be vaccinated before travel can resume. But this is going to be a steady, slow and methodical and cautious process, uh, but we need to have that conversation with the community now. But the government's own MPs are divided. There are opportunities for us to open up and to allow people to, to reunite with family members both here and around the world. You've got to be responsible for people dying if you get it wrong. I suppose have some sympathy if you want to go overseas and, and risk yourself. got no problems with that, but just don't think you're going to come back. New polling suggests most Australians support the hard border closure. 73% in favour. 21% want borders to reopen once the nation's vaccinated. The PM on a post-budget blitz through Queensland. This morning at Brisbane's Ampol oil refinery, announcing a $2 billion plan to boost fuel security. Asked about borders, he says the first step is for vaccinated Australians to travel freely interstate before being allowed to go to countries with few COVID cases. It's not safe to take those next steps right now. Uh, it's not. And, but we'll keep working on what those next steps are. The latest news poll suggests voters prefer Scott Morrison to opposition leader Anthony Albanese, but his party is still trailing Labor after preferences. A Melbourne man arrested for questioning over the suspicious death of a woman has been released pending further inquiries. The 63-year-old woman was found dead inside a South Yarra apartment building. Earlier videos were posted online of a heated argument she had with a neighbour. Homicide squad detectives say they are not looking for anyone else over her death. Craig McLaughlin has opened up for the first time since facing trial over charges brought by four of his Rocky Horror Show co-stars. The actor and longtime partner Vanessa Scamell sat down with Seven News Spotlight saying the public vilification was instant and unforgiving. I can't win in this post-Weinstein hashtag MeToo world gone mad. I can't win. No one will listen to me. Craig McLaughlin was acquitted of all crimes but says the process left him in a mental health institution and the accusations still weigh heavily on his life. 
The Israel-Palestine conflict has deepened overnight in the deadliest attack in a week of violence. At least 42 Palestinians were killed as warplanes hit targets in Gaza. The strikes came as the United Nations Security Council condemned the violence. Palestinian rescuer Alaa Niazi yells to a man pinned under rubble. I hear you, the trapped man says. Gaza's health ministry says 42 died here, 10 of them children, crushed as three buildings collapsed to rubble. According to Israel's account, they were collateral damage in a pre-dawn airstrike. The attack designed to flatten a tunnel network it says militant group Hamas operates under the Palestinian enclave. Hit as well, the home of a Hamas leader here, Israel releasing video to promote the attack. Our battle against the terror organisation continues in full force, says Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu. We are charging a very heavy price from Hamas for their aggression. How many Palestinian civilians killed is enough for a condemnation? The Palestinian Authority's foreign minister pressed a UN Security Council meeting on why the wiping out of an entire Palestinian family is not enough for their outrage. Israel has a legitimate right to self-defense. The United States has been working tirelessly through diplomatic channels to try to bring an end to this conflict. But Prime Minister Netanyahu has made clear it won't end, at least until Israel neutralises the military threats it sees in Gaza. Deadly exchanges widely expected to continue. Hamas has now fired about 3,000 rockets, at least 10 Israelis killed. The Palestinian death toll from Israel's attacks is now just under 200. Tim Lester, 7 News. A huge haul of the drug ice has been discovered at Sydney's Port Botany Wharves. 300 kilograms of the drug was found in electric barbecue grills and electric heaters in a shipping container that originated in Thailand. The street value has been estimated at almost $95 million. It arrived in Sydney on the 4th of May but was abandoned at the wharf. Border Force officers became suspicious when the items were unclaimed for several days. At least two people have died in a seating collapse at a Jewish prayer service in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. Dozens of people fell on top of each other and there was panic as people ran to safety. At least 150 people were injured. The temporary seating was packed during ultra-Orthodox prayers at the beginning of a major Jewish holiday. The synagogue is under construction. Prince Charles and the Queen have joined forces to encourage people around the Commonwealth to plant trees. Charles says it's a unique way to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, marking her 70th year on the throne. Hugh Whitfeld has more. New pictures just released in the last couple of hours showing the Queen and the Prince of Wales in the grounds of Windsor Castle planting a jubilee tree for the Queen's Green Canopy initiative. It is part of what is this year a virtual Chelsea flower show. As we approach this most special year, I invite you all to join me to plant a tree for the jubilee. In other words, a tree-bilee. 
When Charles becomes king, though, according to the Sunday Times here in London, he wouldn't be spending so much time at Windsor Castle, where, of course, Her Majesty has been living for much of the pandemic. Apparently, he's not a fan of the Heathrow flight path that uh, Windsor Castle sits underneath. Instead, he'd be spending time at Buckingham Palace, Highgrove in Gloucestershire, Sandringham in Norfolk, where the royals like to go for Christmas, and Burke Hall on the Balmoral Estate, a much smaller uh, home than, the, than Balmoral Castle itself. According to reports, the direction of travel is about greater opening up of palaces and residences. Prince Charles apparently, see, it seems, wants to allow more people into these palaces and castles for more of the year. Buckingham Palace currently undergoing a $660 million renovation, 775 rooms to see. Uh, there would be members of the public allowed inside even when the King is in residence. Balmoral, uh, Windsor Castle and Clarence House also would be opened up to the public under this plan. The Victorian Royal Commission into Melbourne's Crown Casino begins its first public hearings today. The hearing into whether Crown is fit to hold a casino licence will cover issues with the regulator and its use of junket operations. It is also expected to hear submissions from punters whose finances and lives have been ruined by gambling addictions. The Royal Commission was established after claims of money laundering. It comes as Crown Resorts finds itself the subject of a bidding war. Let's bring in Network Finance Editor Gemma Acton. Gemma, what is the latest? Morning, Ange. Well, Crown Resorts has had several approaches in recent months. One of the most high profile was from the US private equity firm Blackstone. It had offered to buy Crown for around $8 billion, having increased its original offer earlier in May. Today, Crown knocked back Blackstone's bid, saying it undervalued the company's gaming assets and that Blackstone was looking to buy Crown on the cheap at a time when COVID COVID-19 had hurt its profits. Crown says it is still considering a separate proposal from rival Star Entertainment that the two gaming giants merge. And Crown shareholders today haven't reacted very much. The share price has barely budged. And that's against a push higher by Aussie shares. Overall, the ASX 200 is up by around 40 points, led by oil refineries Viva Energy and Ampol. The Aussie dollar, meanwhile, is slipping. It's now buying around 77.6 US cents. And OK, Gemma Acton, thanks so much. Next in 7 News, sport with Jackie Felgate, including a month on the sideline for an injured giant star. Also, a moment of madness sees yet another NRL player sent off for foul play. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. A blow for the Giants, who have confirmed star Toby Green will miss up to a month with a fractured shoulder. The injury news also not so good for the Blues, who are fearing the worst for David Cunningham, who suffered a serious knee injury in the loss to the Demons. In the West, Jack Darling booted five goals against Adelaide as the Eagles ran away with a comfortable 30-point win, but coach Adam Simpson still wasn't pleased, saying they need to be better. Dragon Tyrell Fui-Maono faces a lengthy ban after a high tackle saw Ryan Pappenhausen taken off the field on a stretcher just 10 minutes into his return from injury. Coach Craig Bellamy says it's unlikely the star fullback will play in the next round. wouldn't like that, but yeah, I, I, with all due respect, I, I can't see how he, he would be playing next week. Fui Maono was one of three players sent off for foul play over Magic Round. The Titans were reduced to just 12 men before half-time after Herman SASA was ba- banished for a high tackle on Brian Tuo. They ultimately went down 48-12 to to the unbeaten Panthers. The Matildas' new home in Melbourne has received another boost, the Victorian government committing a further $100 million to the project. We're very, very pleased with this announcement and what it means for community facilities as well and also the opportunity for more teams to come here to Australia um, to prepare before the FIFA Women's World Cup kicks off. Construction will begin later this year. Liverpool's Alison Becker became just the sixth goalkeeper to score in the Premier League. His header gave the Reds a 2-1 win over West Brom, keeping them in the top four race. It is a word that is so often In the A-League, birthday boy Andy Keogh scored four in Perth Glory's 5-1 win over the Wanderers. Lauren Jackson is the first Australian to be inducted into basketball's Hall of Fame. Jackson is a two-time WNBA champion, won Commonwealth and Olympic medals and was the flag bearer for Australia at the 2012 Olympics in London. It really is a testament just to my career and I guess what I was able to achieve when I was playing. So I I feel really, um, I'm just over the moon. In the NBL, the Sydney Kings ended a three-game losing streak with a 10-point win over the 36ers. Rafael Nadal won a three-set battle with world number one Novak Djokovic to claim his 10th Italian Open title. Oh, it's amazing. No? I have this trophy in my hands for the 10th time. It's just something impossible to imagine. It took Polish teenager Iga Swiatek just 45 minutes to crush Karolina Pliskova in straight sets to claim her third WTA title. Aussies Mia McCarthy and Nikki Van Dyke are through to the round of 16 at the Rotnest Search in Western Australia. A score of 4.77 saw Tatiana Weston-Webb knocked out. WA local Bronte McCauley and Isabella Nichols also survived the elimination round and all the action continues on 7+. Plus. 
Bronte. And Jack Miller held his nerve in wet and windy conditions to win the French MotoGP. Despite hitting the gravel and copping a penalty for speeding in the pit lane, Miller became the first Aussie to win back-to-back races since Casey Stoner in 2012. Uh, absolutely amazing. I can't believe it. Back-to-back wins like this is just fantastic. A number of riders, including defending champion Juan Mir, crashed out in wet and wild conditions. And Angie just can't beat Rafael Nadal on clay. Can you? What a superstar he is. He just seems to be getting younger. Yeah, he sure is. Okay, thanks, Jack. A Queensland man has officially become Australia's oldest living man of all time. Dexter Kruger turned 111 in January and from today eclipses the record held by Jack Lockett, who died in 2002. Dexter spent much of his life as a grazier in the outback and puts his long life down to a simple lifestyle. I just keep on living from day to day. Take one day at a time. Make the best of it. Good advice. Dexter was born in 1910 and has lived through two world wars as well as droughts, depressions and pandemics. He's celebrating today with a special fruit cake. Let's get a check now of the weather forecast with Tony Order. How's it looking, Tony? Oh, good morning, Ange. Much of Eastern Australia is trying to thaw out today after the coldest night of the year so far in many spots. And the coldest minimums were a little bit further north than you would normally expect over the northern half of New South Wales and up into southern parts of Queensland, as you can see from these dark blue and grey shades on the map here. Glen Innes amongst the coldest, minus 7.5. Applethorpe in Queensland dropped to minus 2.7. Pretty impressive given we're not even in winter yet. Now for the rest of today, plenty of sunshine on the east coast to help people warm up. 23 in Brisbane. Sydney, 20 degrees. A few morning showers in Melbourne, though they've just about eased now. And Perth could see a few showers or a storm from late afternoon into the evening. And that's because of this. A cold front closing in from the Indian Ocean at the moment. While that cold air in the east is thanks to clear skies from a high pressure system here and a burst of chilly air moving in behind this cold front. Now tomorrow that high remains, which means light winds and temperatures plummeting overnight yet again. It also means a dry day for most of those eastern districts. So on to tomorrow's forecast. Still a few showers around Perth, most likely in the afternoon, a top of 24 degrees there. Then a cool morning and dry day further east. Adelaide, 7 up to 19 degrees and tops in the mid to high teens around Melbourne and Hobart. Canberra, the coldest of the capitals tonight, minus 3 up to a top of 13 degrees. Not too much change in Sydney and Brisbane, tops of 20 and 23 degrees respectively and a couple of showers around Cairns. That's the latest weather and more details coming up at 4 and 6. Thank Thank you, Tony. And that is 7 News to Now. We'll keep you up to date throughout the day. Our next major bulletin is at 4pm. I'm Angela Cox. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day.